I have a good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry about the uh, I'm sorry about the coffee situation. All right, Nunu Lefum Tzara Agra. Right, Demir will just be extra schar this morning. So also we begin by thanking our sponsors to thank Yonah Shishi Ehrenfeld for dedicating all the Shurim and Trashos this month in memory of Yonah's grandfather, Yosef and Shmuel Aaron, Mark Karstadt, our Tamatora sponsor for dedicating all the Shurim and Trashos this month in memory of his mother, Chana Bas Shragai, and our Week of Learning sponsor, Leah Sol, in memory of her mother, Marguerite Streit, in commemoration of her ninth yard site. We also thank our Day of Learning sponsor, Naor and Chani Simchi, and the Zuchosave Rufua Shalema for Daniel Mayer Ben Chana. We hope that all the Neshamas have an Aliyah, all the families in Nechama, and all the Cholim have a Rufua together with Kol Chole Yisrael. But say, with that, let us begin. So we have an exciting, beautiful daf ahead of us today. So we are picking up, we left off, actually, today's daf is Chav Ches 28, and we left off on Chav Zayin Ahmed Beis. 27b, two lines up from the bottom. Much. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is strong. It's strong, incredible, perfect. No, it should be Choshim. Yeah, no, this is instant, just like the rest of you. It's, you know, Imo Anochi Ritzara. Or Imchem Anochi Ritzara, I should say thank you, Mesh. Thank you. So we'll say, so we left off, two lines are from the bottom, Ike de Amri, Ike de Amri. So there are those who say, say, remember again, we're trying to figure out the circumstances under which, the circumstances under which that halacha lamaisa a zara, what type of avoda is a zara, a non-Kohen, uh, is there liability for? So the Gemara says, Ike de Amri, others explain, Maskev Rabbi Zera, v'chiyesh lecha avoda shiyesh achareha, so we'll say, according to this approach, what the Gemara is saying is as follows. Rabbi Zeir raises a question. He says, is there such a thing as an avoda which has another avoda after it which would still be problematic if performed by a zar? In other words, we'll say, in this model, what the Gemara is assuming is that halacha is the only type of avoda which cannot be done by a zar is what we call an avoda tama, a concluding avoda. But if you have an avoda that has another avoda after it, Perhaps that should be, that should be, that should, that it should be permissible for that to be performed by a zar. So the Gemara says, that true top of Chavches, Vare Evarim Upidarim. I, what about the burning of the fats and limbs? Because remember again, the burning of the fats and limbs is halacha lamaisa, considered to be a concluding avoda. So, so a concluding avoda. So the Gemara says, interesting, well, I should say it differently. The Havamina and the Gemara is that Evarim Pidarim is not a concluding avoda. But instead, Evarim Pidarim, in fact, has an avoda after it. Now you'll say to yourself, what's the avoda that takes place after Evarim Pidarim? Chumas Hadashan. Technically speaking, to which the Gemara says, no, Evarim Pidarim is different, as we already mentioned in yesterday's daf. Sof Avoda Diyamamahi, because it is the concluding avoda of the day. Evarim Chumas Hadashan. So what about Chumas Hadashan? I'm going to both say the way Truma Sadeshin works is on one hand, you only remove a little bit of the ash, but then technically speaking, if the rest of the ash pile itself is too big, the coin will remove the rest of it. So the Gemara said, Tchila Savoda Diyamamahi. Truma Sadeshin is going to be different because it is considered to be the first Avoda of the day. The Rabbi Yochanan said, this is just a repeat of what we saw in yesterday's day after Rabbi Yochanan. Kidesh Yod of the Truma Sadeshin, Lemachar Enot Tzarech Lekadesh, Shekvar Kidesh Mitchilas Avoda. Because after Rabbi Yochanan said, 
that if a person sanctified the Yid Kiddushatai for Chumas Hadashin, even though, again, technically speaking, Chumas Hadashin can even be done before dawn, you need not sanctify your hands again because Chumas Hadashin is considered to be the beginning of daytime avoda. Ela Kasha, so therefore what's left to the Kasha, to which the Gimar said, Amr Rabbi Yochanan, Zar Shesidr Shnei Kizre Eitzin Chayiv, if a Zar goes ahead, non Cohen goes ahead and arranges the two pieces of wood on the top of the Mizbeach, he will be Chayiv, why? Hawil Va'avoda Tamahi, because at the end of the day, the arrangement of the two pieces of wood is what we call an Avoda Tama, a concluding Avoda. But if that's the case, if that's the case, that the Shnei Gizre Itzim is so chashev, is so important because it is a concluding avoda, then why doesn't it require its own, its own lottery, right? Why doesn't it require its own pious? So the Gemara says, by a pious? Are you saying that the Shnei Gizre Itzim doesn't require a lottery? But Tanya, we learned, Misha Zacha B'Tshumas Hadashen, that there is a lottery. It's, you're right, it doesn't get it. Well, the Gemara says, whoever wins the lottery for Truma Sadashan also gets the right to go ahead and put up the Shnei Gizre Eitzim. Hulking comes what the Gemara means to say. Why don't we go ahead and make Shnei Gizre Eitzim its own lottery? If it's so chashev, in other words, if it's considered to be a concluding avoda, why not go ahead and give it its own lottery? To which the Gemara says, Kidam Rinon. Most of we learned about this. Why? Because Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, the Gemara says, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, in order to make the pious, well, so this goes back to what we learned before. We spoke about, we spoke about this a little bit yesterday as well. This is the whole progression of Trumas Hadeshen, right? Remember again, at first, there was no lottery. No one wanted it. Then everybody was showing up and got aggressive. They did a lottery. Then no one showed up. Why? Because again, if I'm going to win, maybe if I'm not going to win, it's not worth it to wake up early. So what do they do? They attached a whole bunch of other avodos to Trumas Hadeshen to make that lottery more chashiv. So one of the things they bundled into the Trumas Hadeshen lottery Ultimately, was what was halacha lemaisa the the shnei gizreitim good lemeimra davoda tama bizar chayiv alamisa bayipayis ein zar chayiv alamisa lo bayipayis. So I say so now the gemara says okay. So let me get let me get the rule straight. So it sounds like what we're saying over here is if a particular avoda is an avoda tama, remember again, which means a concluding avoda. Ultimately, again, an azar would be chayiv misa for performing it. That's the type of avoda which requires a lottery. So, in other words, when do you draw lots for a particular avoda? If it's an avoda tama, concluding avoda, and a zar would be chayiv misa if he were to do it. To which the gemara says, "Ein zar chayiv ala misa." But Allah chalamaisa, if it's a particular avoda for which a zar would not be chayiv misa, lo ba'epayis, you don't draw a lottery for that. To which the gemara says, "I is that true?" Bahari shchita. What about shchita? Well, see, remember again. The second lottery we draw is who's going to get to Shecht, the Tamid. Now remember again, Shechita is Kshera Bizar, right? Shechita is Kshera Bizar, Halach Lamaisa. So is that, and yet again, we draw a lottery. We draw a lottery for Shechita, to which the Gemara says, Shani Shechita, Tetchilas Avoda Diyamamahi. Shechita is different. Why? Because Shechita is considered to be the first Avoda of the day. So we'll say, so remember again, that endows it with a particular level of Chashibas. Lameimra. So we'll say, telling me then that it's only an avoda tama, concluding avoda, that requires
requires a lottery, but an avoda that has another avoda after it doesn't require a lottery. Is that true? What about What about the burning of the fats and limbs? Which avoda says not a, the gemara's havamina is that's not a concluding avoda that has another avoda after it. Which avoda does it have after it? Avoda say which avoda? Shetruma sadeshan to which and yet again. So to which the gemara says and yet evarim pedarim does is part of a lottery. To which the Gemara says, no, Ivarim Padarim is different. Sof Avoda Diyamamahi. It is considered to be the concluding Avoda of the daytime. So the Gemara says, I, Truma Sadeshen. Mr. Bose, what about Truma Sadeshen? So the Gemara says, Mishum Maise Shahaya. So once remember again, Truma Sadeshen requires a lottery because of, as we spoke about beforehand, because of the aggressive Kohanic behavior. Amar Zutre Teim Ravashi, Af Anan Nami Tanina. We also learned this as well. Amar Lehem Hamuna. So the individual is in charge of the Kohanim, says the Kohanim, he goes and he tells them, see if the time for the Shechita has arrived already. And therefore, both say, yet we see that he does not say to them, see if it's time ultimately again for the Shnei Gizre Eitzim, which we'll be back a little bit. So this seems to indicate to us that what? The Shnei Gizre Eitzim can be placed on the Mizbech even when? Even at night. To which the Gemara says, no, same answer as we gave in the last version of this exchange. To which the Gemara says, no, it's not true. Shnei Gizra Itzim must be done by day as well. The difference, just as we spoke about in yesterday's daf, if you inadvertently go ahead and place the Shnei Gizra Itzim at night, can you rectify that situation? The answer is, yes. All you need to do is what? Remove them and put them back. Masha'inkin, if you shecht the tamid before daybreak, can you rectify that situation? No, I mean, you could rectify it in that you're going to bring another carbon tamid. But Lamai say you cannot rectify the carbon you brought, and that carbon is going to have to be taken out to the base as shefa. So, say, so the halacha lamaisa that we gleaned from this sugya ultimately, again, is the halacha lamaisa that we saw. In yesterday's daf, remember today what we just saw on this pr- first part of Ahmed Aleph was just an Ikeda Amri, an alternate version of the previous exchange. Bosei, this brings the parak to a conclusion. Hajun Allah Barishon. Bosei, Mazel Tov. Mazel Tov, Mazel Tov. Says Digimar. So Bosei, brand new parak, incredible new parak. Amr Lehamuna. So Bosei, let's begin. So Bosei, so now we begin to get into a little bit more of the, of the, uh, of the kishkas of the Yom Kippur. Say good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> t- t- took a lot of courage to come up here, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, thank you. I should have asked for Mashiach. Who knows what would have happened? Uh, say thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Tavos. So. Let's uh, so let's say so now we get into a little bit more of the of the discussion regarding Yom Kippur. So it says the Mishnah as follows: Amr lahem hamamuna. So both say now we're going back. The mamuna is the individual in charge of the karna. Both say I want to point out, as we've seen through much of this Masechta so far, so far, a lot of the things that the Mishnah is kind of portraying as occurring on Yom Kippur are the same things that occur each and every day. So one example of this is this particular piece of the mission over here. The Gemara is framing it in the context of the Avod of Yom Kippur, but as we're going to see, it's the same thing each and every morning. So Amalem HaMamuna. So the Mamuna, the individual in charge of the Kohanim. So Rashi points out that this is the Skan. 
which is interesting. So this is actually subject to some dispute. So is this the Skan Koi Godel, or is this just any Koi whose particular responsibility was to go ahead and begin the morning service? Okay, but we'll go with Rashi. Skan Koi Godel. Skan Koi Godel says, Tzu'u Uru'u. So we'll say, also interestingly enough, the version of the Mishnah over here is Amr Lahem. Well, good. We'll just Amr Lahem. So the Skan Kohen Gadol says to the Kohanim, "Tzu'u uru'u im giyaz manashchita." Ultimately, go out and see if the time for the shchita has arrived. Now, boss, say, what's the time of the shchita? Look at Rashi. He's man shchita. Shchita satami klomer mheir hamizrach shashchita psula balayla. Now, boss, remember again. So this is the shchita of the carbon tamid. When can you begin to offer up the carbon tamid? As of alos, as of daybreak. As of daybreak, so so the so the mamuna, right? So the scan says, so the scan, the mamuna, the one appointed one says, go and see, go and look if the time for the shchit, if the time for the shchit of the tamid has arrived. So the gemara says, uh, So I'll say ultimately, if the dawn has arrived, so the individual, the lookout, goes out to see, says barakai, barakai. Rashi says over here barakai. Lashon Sohar, Kimo Lamana Yoslam Barak. So we'll say Barakai means light. Light. Indeed, it has become light. Masib and Shmuel Omer, Heir Pnei Kalam Israch Ad Shebechevron. So we'll say, say, interestingly enough, we're going to see how to read this phrase in the Gemara. But Masib and Shmuel has a little bit of a different version. In his version, he says, Omer Heir Pnei Mizrach Ad Shebechevron is the entire horizon light up until Chevron, Vuhu Omer Hain. And he says, yes. So we'll say, interestingly enough, We'll have to see exactly who's saying what, but Masya ben Shmuel requires a more involved exchange. See, according to the Tanakama, Tanakama says, the Skan says to, the, says to someone, one of the Kohanim, is the time for the Shechita, has the time for the Shechita arrived yet? The coin goes up to the roof of the Beis HaMikdash, and he says, Barakai, it's light. According to Masya ben Kharash, there's a bit more of an exchange. So same first part, right? The, the, the scan says to the coin, go and see if it's like, can we do the shrita? And we'll see exactly the nature of this exchange. But it's not just simply a statement of it's light. It's so light, I could see until Chevron. I can see until Chevron. We'll see why they need that. Why is this necessary? So we'll say, so in other words, what, what, in, other words, the, in a general sense, the Gemara is asking, why do you have to go up to the rooftop and see if the dawn has dawned? In other words, just look up at the sky. Just look up at the sky. Why do you need a whole process? Go up to the rooftop until Chevron, not until Chevron. Why do you need this? So we'll say, this is incredible. So the Gemara says, Shepam achas halavana v'dimu mizrach because we'll say one time it happened, one time it happened that people got confused. And in fact, interestingly enough, they confused the moonlight with the sunlight. So we'll discuss exactly how this happened. But the idea was it was still nighttime and they saw moonlight. They thought it was sunlight and they ordered the shrita of the Tamid. And in fact, again, we'll say what happens if you shecht the Tamid before daybreak? It's possible. It's possible. And they had to take the, they had to take the Tamid out to the base of They had to go ahead and burn it. So as a result of that, they instituted a new process of, we'll call it, dawn verification. Now, both say, now it's interesting, by the way, how many times does it sound like it happened? Once. So it's very interesting. It's very interesting that sometimes in life, you know, we make a mistake and we say, okay, it was just a mistake. It happened once. And we don't feel any need to pivot in our lives to prevent that mistake from occurring again. 
But in fact, what you see is the wisdom of Chazal is once a mistake occurs once, that means it could occur. So pivot. Pivot then, right? Go ahead, go ahead and readjust. Don't wait for the mistake to happen a second time. Once it happened, it shows you that that's a possibility. It may very well be an aberration. But Lamaisa, once you know it can occur, so plan for it. Plan for it, pivot, and readjust so that it doesn't occur again. So that leads to the process. That's the Mishnah is essentially outlining over here. Dawn verification. Why can't you just go out and use just, you know, an ocular verification? It's, it's light. They need a dawn verification process because one time they got confused. One time in life you make a mistake, pivot, readjust so that it doesn't happen again. Incredible Moser. So the Gemara goes right there. The Gemara says, after this, they took the coin Gadol for the merger. So once the dawn has arrived, the coin Gadol then gets ready for the day's Avoda. Again, this is on Yom Kippur now. So on Yom Kippur, once the dawn has arrived, the beginning of Avoda begins, the coin Gadol goes down to the Mikvah goes to the mikvah ultimately again to, to be tovel, to immerse. That was, and that was interesting, of course. We'll get into this. The Lushan of the Kohen Gadol is Horidu. They take him down to the mikvah. So we learned, where was the mikvah? It was on the rooftop. Right? This was a rooftop. This was a rooftop mikvah. So we'll discuss why the Mishnah uses the Lushan of Horidu that they took him down when in fact really the mikvah is on an upper story. The Gemara says, Klal There was a general Klal in the base HaMikdash and that was Kolamesech Esraglov Ta'un Tevila. If you go ahead and you defecate, you have to go to the mikvah. But if all you go ahead and do is urinate, then then you need sanctification or washing of the hands and feet. So we'll say interesting halacha. Again, we'll get into these halachas in the Gemara. We'll say, but the point of this Mishnah is our principle of dawn verification to begin the avodah of the day. We'll say, Amadeis. I just want to give you the incredible Gemara. Absolutely incredible and overwhelming Gemara ahead of us. Says the Gemara. Tanya, Rabbi Shmuel Omer. So we'll say, now what we're going to see is as follows. There is an ongoing machlokas as to the verbiage that was used when, the, when the, they would do the dawn verification. But what you're going to see, by the way, is that embedded in the verbiage machlokas was also different degrees of dawn. There's a little bit of a machlokas as to how light, how much dawn do you need in order to begin the avoda of the Talmud. And that machlokis is going to come out though. So Tanya Rabbi Shmuel Omer, Barak Barakai. Rabbi Shmuel said, you need Barak Barakai. Barakai is not enough. Barak Barakai. Now if you look at Rashi, Rashi says, Allah Barak. So Rashi, well, Rashi doesn't comment here yet. Rabbi Akiva, Akiva says, Allah Barakai. The Barakai, the dawn has arisen. So Rashi says, Allah Barakai, Heir Yosemi Barak. So we'll say, is you're going to see each of these opinions are essentially expressing a little bit of a later dawn. A little bit of a, say, that, 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 is that yours oh, right over here on this table? It might be. Allah Barakai. So ultimately, I will say, so they're each going through, they're each going through a different, a different, sta- a different stage of dawn. So the Gemara says, It is even dawn in Hebron. So we'll say, so again, Rashi, Rashi points out over here, Allah Barakai, Heir Yosemi Barak. So each of them are describing a little bit of a, of a, a later stage in the dawn. Masya ben Shmuel, Omer, so we'll listen to this. So Masya ben Shmuel says as follows, Hamamun ala payasos, Omer Heir Pnei Kolam 
So Nasi ben Shmuel says, the individual, the coin who's in charge of the, of the lotteries, he would say, hey, Omer, hey, you're He would say the entire, the entire horizon has dawned up until Chevron. Up until Chevron. Rabbi Yehuda ben Besera Omer, the entire eastern horizon has dawned up until Chevron. And at that point, at that point in the day, everyone went out to work. Now, we'll say that phrase of everyone went out to work is a reference to Nakalanim, to people in general. The Gemara says, one second. If that's the case, then that must be a much later time in the morning. Because we'll say workers don't go out to work until when? Until there's real light. Until there's real light. So if you're describing, again, if then that's a much later stage in the dawn. To which the Gemara says, To which the Gemara says, No, no, no. So we'll say what that means is, No, no, the workers wouldn't go out to work. But if you were an employer and you were looking for laborers, you would go out that early in the morning to find your laborers. I'm gonna have safra. So both say. So again, just different, just just different wordings for what the, for what they would say in the mikdash. But again, to point out, it's not just a machlokus and verbiage. As you go down the list, the they're each a little bit later in the dawn process. It's interesting. The gemara doesn't really quantify what that later stage is. It's just, I guess, it, it was observable depending on how much of the dawn you saw against the horizon. I'm gonna have safra. They both say this is incredible. Rav Sarfa says as follows, Tzilusei de Avram, the tefillah of Avram Avinu, michi mishachri kosle. They both say, this is fascinating. So the tefillah of Avram Avinu, so Rashi says over here, Tzilusei de Avram, tefillahs ha'erev shalom. They both say, this is a reference to Mincha. This is a reference to Mincha, yet amazingly enough, the Gemara is referring to Mincha as the tefillah of Avraham Avinu. So before we, we'll get to that in just a moment, but the, what's the, when can you begin to daven mincha? From the time that the walls begin to darken. So we'll say, Rashi points out, this is midday. This is midday, right? At midday already, there begins to be a shadow against the walls. Rashi says, So walls that faced eastward, At the beginning of seven hours, remember again, at the beginning of seven hours means what? Into the sixth hour. So if we go on our perfect day, sunrise at six, sunset at six, this is 12 noon. So at the beginning of the sixth hour, So we'll say already at six hours of the day, that's when there begins to be a shadow against the wall. So the Gemara essentially is saying you could begin to daven mincha from six hour, from the sixth hour, which is into the seventh hour, from the sixth hour and on. I will say we'll pause here for just a moment. But so it's interesting, of course, fascinating that the Gemara is referring to mincha as the tefillah of Avram Avinu. So what's the pshat? So we'll say, if you take a look on the right-hand margin, there's a commentary called the Tosvos Yishanim. So you see it there, right in the margin? Tosvos Yishanim, Toluse Davram, Mechim Meshachar, Yikosle, Ve'is, Ve'im Tomar, Har Minam Beferak, Tilas HaShachar, Yitzchak Tikein Tfilas Mincha, Shnemar, Ve'yitzi Yitzchak Lasuach Basada, Ay, Beras, Tosvos Yishanim, Yitzchak Mincha, is Yitzchak's tefillah, Shachris is Avram's tefillah, to which the Gemara says, Yeshomar, the Acher Shetikna Yitzchak Hayo Omra Gam Avram, Kach Pir Shabinotam. To both say, interesting enough, the Tosi Shonim says, 
You're right. Yitzchak went ahead. Avram did Shachris. Yitzchak instituted Mincha. But here's what's amazing. After Yitzchak instituted Mincha, what happened? What happened? His father began to recite it as well. That, that, that's fine. Both what Rabbi say. Does it answer the Kasha? No. Oh, it's, it's very nice that Aram Avinu started davening Mincha. That, that, that's beautiful. But Lamaiso, why not refer to Mincha as the Tefillah of Yitzchak? So Tosh goes on. He says, Inami, so, listen to this. We'll leave the last part for later. The second answer that Tosh says is, Avram also davin mincha, but also davin mincha when? Before Yitzchak. Before Yitzchak. There is this school of thought in the Rishonim that all of the Avos davened all three Tfilos. The Avos said, of course, you know, when we say that Avram davened Shachris, it's obviously not our Shachris. But what it means is, Avram was the first one to really daven Bekvios in the morning. It's interesting that Tosos Yishanim posits, Avram Avinu davened Bekvios, Shachris, Mincha, and Mariv. And Yitzchak Avinu davened Bekvios, Shachris, Mincha, and Mariv. And Yaakov also done Bikvius in a set way, Shachris, Mincha, Mayrev. So why is Avram known for, 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 for Shachris, Yitzchak, for Mincha, Yaakov for, Yaakov for Mayrev? Because also remember again, the dynamic of the Avos is reflected in those respective Tfilos. Avram Avinu was the one who brought the dawn of monotheism to the world. Right? Avram Avinu was the one who introduced the Ribano Shal Olam to the world. It was the dawn of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, under, under, under Avram Avinu. Yitzchak, so let me, let me go out of order. You'll see I'll go out of order in just a moment. Yaakov, Yaakov is most associated with Mayrev. Why? Mayrev is daven at night. Nighttime represents difficulty, adversity, tragedy. This was the nature of Yaakov Avinu's life. Yaakov was the one who taught us that no matter what goes wrong in life, you have to maintain your allegiance and fidelity and connection to the Ribbon Hashem. Yaakov's life was, was a big Mayrev. was a big Mayrev. was a big Laila. was a big night. So many Tsaras. Yet, his commitment to the Ribbon Hashem never wavered. His relationship remained strong. That was, that was Yaakov. We'll say, what was Yitzchak's role? What was Yitzchak's role? So Yitzchak in general is the most fascinating of the Avos. Why? Because we know the least about him. We know the least about Yitzchak, right? The only thing we know about Yitzchak, amazingly enough, and there's nothing new about Yitzchak. The only events of Yitzchak's life are a repeat of things that happened to Avram Avinu, right? So remember again, there's the Akedah, which is the shared experience between Avram and Yitzchak. Then what else do we know about Yitzchak? Yitzchak dug wells. Avram dug wells. Yitzchak relocated because of famine. Avram Avinu relocated because of famine. We'll say, what was Yitzchak? Yitzchak was the mincha. The mincha. Yitzchak was the solidifier. Right? Avram Avinu went ahead and built and built. Yaakov Avinu continued to build on that. Yitzchak was who solidified, solidified the foundation of his father so that his son Yaakov could continue to build. Yitzchak is the bridge. So I will say what's coming out of the Gemara, what Chazal are hinting to us in a fascinatingly nuanced way is that all of the Avos daven all of the Tfilos. They just all related to different tefillos and different... For Avram Avinu, Avram Shachris spoke to him most because that was reflective of the dynamic of his life. He lived in the dawn of an exciting new era of the introduction of the Ribbon Shalom to the entire world. Yaakov Avinu related most to Mayrev because he had so many tsaras, so much adversity in his life, yet still maintained the connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And Yitzchak, Yitzchak was the Mincha. We'll say Mincha, the midday tefillah, the great unifier, the one that brings Shachris and Mayriv 
together. So amazingly enough, Chazal hinted this by calling Mincha over here, Tzaluse Davram. Just so you shouldn't think, we often think, Avram Davin in the morning, just the morning, Yitzchak Davin in the afternoon, Yaakov Inu Davin in the evening. So we'll say, so again, two approaches in Tosas Yishanim. Approach number one is that Enochinami after Yitzchak instituted Mincha. So Avram Avinu began to dive in it as well, which Rabbi also teaches us an incredible lesson, which is, which is, Ezu Chacham, Halomeid Mikal Adam. As parents, we often understand that it is our obligation to be Mechanech our children. But we also know every attentive parent knows there is so much you can learn from your kids. So much you could learn, especially when they're young. As they get older, they become a bit more foolish. But uh, <laughs> un- un- until until they until they become actual adults. But but lamaisa, especially especially when they're young, right? Mamish I always find that small children can be the greatest rebbeim. Because small children remind us about simchas achayim, right? They remind you just how to be happy, just how to be happy, and how to be happy, how to be low maintenance happy. Right, the younger they are, the, the the simpler, the simpler they are. It's 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 an incredible, incredible musr. So what's beautiful over here is that the great Avram Avinu learns from his Yitzchak. Right, Yitzchak, Yitzchak institutes mincha, and Avram could have said, "Okay, that's nice, that's that's good for you." But Avram says, "You know what? That's incredible. <laughs> that's beautiful. I'm gonna start to do that as well." So We have to be receptive to learning from our children as well. And lesson number two, of course, is the idea that each of the Avos really identified with a different tefillah, reflective of their own lives, which I both say is so beautiful for us as well, because it tells us each of us also reconnect to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in different ways at different times in life. Sometimes it's a Shachris connection, sometimes it's a Mincha connection, and sometimes it's a Mayra connection. In any event, the Gemara goes weiter. So I both say the point of why the Gemara is mentioning this over here is that you could begin to go ahead and dive in Mincha at six hours of the day. So this is interesting about it. Twitch the Gemara says, "I'm Rabbi Yosef. Anon me Avram mekum v'nigmar." So Rabbi Yosef says, "Come on, we can't learn from Avram Avinu. Avram Avinu was Zaris." Rashi says over here, "Basa lament liyos reason kavram Avinu kavram." You want us to be Zaris to be alacritous like Avram Avinu? Impossible. I was Avram Avinu. He died in that six hours of the day. We we can't be so Zaris. To which the Gemara says, "Why not?" Amar Rava, "Tana gamar me Avram v'anon lo gamar minay." The Tana, right? The Gemara learns much from Avram Avinu. And you think we should learn from him. We'll say, what do we learn from Avram Avinu? This is incredible. We'll say, we learn the Iker concept of Zrizos from Avram Avinu. After all, the Torah says, Desanyo, we learn in Abraisa, Ubayoma Shmini Mabasar Alaso. So we'll say, the Halochi is, <coughs> Torah tells us that on the eighth day, on the eighth day, we give a Prismila. Now, we'll say, now what do we learn from that Pasak? Malamid, Shekol Hayom Kasha Lamila. Both say you're allowed to do brismila the entire eighth day. Ella shazrizin makdimin lemitzvus. But I will say we try to be zaris, right? Zrizin makdimin lemitzvus. Those who are alacritous run to go ahead and perform mitzvus, and therefore we perform the mila in the morning when when possible. When possible, I will say where do we learn the concept of zrizos from? Shneemar vayashkim Avraham baboker vayachavosh. As well say the pas says by the akeda. Avram Avinu got up early in the morning and saddled his own donkey. Now, what I want to point out from this is something very interesting. So, first of all, the concept of Zrizos is learned out from Avram Avinu that he got up. Remember again, all the Rivon Shalom tells him is go and offer Yitzchak. 
Right? Adma Avinu could have said, you know what, I'm going to be well rested for the journey ahead. I'm going to sleep a little bit later. But that's not what happens. Vayashkim Avram Baboke. Avram gets up early in the morning and goes in and gets ready for the Akedah. We'll say that is the source, the biblical source for the concept of Zrizos. I want to point something else also, which is very interesting. That Pasik is also the source for something else. Because we'll say, not only does the Pasik say Vayashkim, but it also says what? He saddled his donkey. So Rashi HaKadosh is bothered by this. Why? Armino doesn't need to, set, to saddle his own donkey. Why not? Why not? He's got a guy. Right? He's got a guy. Jews, Jews have always had guys for stuff, right? I've got a guy for, my, for saddling my donkey. But yet he did it himself. So the, Rashi says, you see from here what? You see from here, Ha'ava Mekalkel Es Ashura. Right? That love disrupts the natural order of things. So whether that's a reference to love for Yitzchak or love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or love for both, love makes you do crazy things. So Abba that love for Yitzchak, that love for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, calls him Tzadah Zdanki. But we see another example of this, a reverse example of what? So the Pasuk says, by Bilam, Vayash came Bilam. Bilam also got up early in the morning to go and curse Klal Yisrael. And Rashi over there says, Mikan, what do you see from here? Hasina Makalkel Es Hashura. Right? That Sina, hatred, goes ahead and, hatred goes ahead and disrupts the natural order of things. So I was, I've been thinking a lot about this over like the last year. I think from the pandemic, what we've also learned is something else. A third concept of Hapachad Makalkel Es Hashura. Fear upsets the natural order of things as well, right? We've seen this in so many ways over the course of the pandemic, how fear, fear kind of often puts rational thought on the side. Fear often goes ahead and just upsets the natural order of things. And we see this, right? Because we already, we've been trying to strike this balance in so many different ways between, again, responsible behavior, over-the-top behavior. And again, it's difficult. But you see that sometimes there's so much irrationality that comes to certain things. It's an incredible thing. So Rashi, Avram teaches us, again, Avram HaKalkelas Ashura, Bilam teaches us, Sinam HaKalkelas Ashura. And we've seen with our own eyes that HaPachad, fear, is HaKalkelas Ashura as well, just upsets the natural order, the natural balance of things. Incredible. In any event, the Gemara says, so we learn the concept of Zerizos from Avram Avinu. Ela Amarava, Shabbat we'll say, Ela Amarava, this is what bothered Rabbi Yosef. So Rabbi Yosef said, just want to point out, the real kasha over here was not a din in Zrizus. It was not a din in Aramavino. The kasha over here was, the Gemara seems to indicate us that you could daven mincha as of what time? As of what time? Noon. Six hours into the day. The Gemara says, one second. So the Gemara says, Disnan, chal arve p'sachem liyos be'erev Shabbos. Oh, little chazara. When Erev Pesach falls out on Erev Shabbos, when can you offer up the carbon tummy? Remember again, we back it up. So when can you offer it up as of? Six and a half hours into the day. Why do you have to wait till six and a half? After all, if we just said that you could dive mincha as of six hours into the day, then you should be able to offer up the carbon mincha when? When? Six hours into the day. So, you should be able to go ahead and offer it up when the walls begin to darken, which is six hours. Now, I will say, now understand, 
On an Erev Shabbos, that's Erev Pesach, that extra half hour is incredibly important. If we could back up the Tumit even more to six hours into the day, why do you have to wait till six and a half? To which the Gemara says, My Kushya, the Dilmod Kosle Beis Amikdash, Besheshu Mechzim Shachri, or Mishum Dolom Muchni, Mishum Dolom Mechabni Tuval. So we'll say, maybe, maybe it's different. Because remember, again, the way that the Halacha read is that you could begin to go ahead and dive in Chawen from the time that the walls, the walls begin to darken, which means that there's, there's a shadow against the walls. So maybe the walls of the Beis Hamikdash did not begin to darken until when? Until six and a half hours into the day. So we'll say it's a fascinating Havamina. The Yimar is suggesting maybe it's actually not like a time issue as much as it is, we'll call it like a, uh, what's the right way to term this? Like a... Um, a solar occurrence issue. In other words, that it's literally when the walls begin to darken. Now, also now we know, the, Rashi points out, the walls of the Beis HaMikdash were tapered. So maybe, maybe the walls of the Beis HaMikdash did not actually begin to darken until six and a half hours into the day, to which the Gemara says, Inami, shiny davram, the itztagninus gidola haisa balibo. Also, maybe Avinu was different, because Avinu was well-versed, was well-versed in, in the, itztagninus literally means, astrology. But what it means, the Gemara is using it over here is to mean is maybe Armavinu was very well versed, again in general, in the luminaries, the sun, the moon, the stars. So he was able to see when exactly was six hours into the day. We're not as well versed. So the problem is if we go with six, if we go with six and we're wrong, then what? It's too early. We may end up going ahead and offering up the Tamil a bit too early. So therefore, again, we wait till six and a half. This way, again, we're good to go. Okay. Inami Mishum Dezakin V'yoshe B'yeshiva. I both say this is an incredible Gemara. Or the other possibilities, Avramavinu is different. Why? Because he was Zakin and Yoshe B'yeshiva. Now, I both say, now let's talk about this in just a moment. So first of all, Rashi points out over here, it's Tagninos. Rashi's on both sides of this page, by the way. So it's Rashi on the right. It's Tagninos, Leos, Baki, Bahalichos, Hamazolos, Utrilos, Ashos. So again, the possibility is that Armavinu was just so much well, more well-versed in the sun, the moon, the stars, the astrology, the, the solar system. So again, he was able to know exactly when the sun was at six hours. But where? Not as proficient. So we go at six and a half. And I will say the other possibility is the Gemara says, Amavinu was a Zakin, the Yoshe be Yeshiva Haba. And I will say, interestingly enough, the Zakin over here that the Gemara is using is an acronym for Ze Shekana Chachma. Amavinu was very wise. He was very wise. And he was Yoshe be Yeshiva Haba. And I will say, now what does this mean, Yoshe be Yeshiva? Right? So, so the way the Gemara is using this term is really quite fascinating. Yoshev B'yeshiva Rabosei means that he made... Now, remember, yeshiva literally means what? Literally, to sit. So we're going to see the context in which the Gemara, the Gemara is going to use the concept of yeshiva over here, literally as a place of study. But the place of study is there to provide for a concentrated delving into Ruchnius. So yeshiva means you make the pursuit of Ruchnius a kavua, a fixed part of of your life. So it's almost about to say the way you have to read it is as follows. So the Inamishum Dizakin the Yoshe Biyeshiva. Armavinu was a Zakin. He was a Zakin. He was Zeshekana Chachma. He was very wise. Why was he wise? Because the Yoshe Biyeshiva Haba. Now we'll say Yoshe Biyeshiva meaning he made the pursuit of spirituality a fixed practice. See, I say what the Gemara is going to highlight over here is something dramatically amazing, which is there are two ways that one could pursue Ruchnius. 
a person could pursue ruchnius recreationally or episodically, which means, again, when I have time, when I have time, I do it. When I have time, I do it. So when I have, which we'll say is, is definitely better than nothing. When I have time, I do it. When it's convenient, I do it. I'll pursue ruchnius. That's different than a person who's Yoshev B'Yeshiva. But say Yoshev B'Yeshiva means I make the pursuit of Ruchnius a fixed part of my life. It is fixed. It's there. I don't miss it. I show up. I, you know, obviously everybody has circumstances that are beyond their ability. But again, that's what it means to be Yoshev B'Yeshiva. I make the pursuit of Ruchnius a fixed part of my life. Do you know what happens when you make the pursuit of Ruchnius a fixed part of them? Do you know what happens when you're Yoshev B'Yeshiva? That's when you become a Zakein. That's when you become a person. Zeshek Karachachma. Dom Rabbi Chama Rabbi Chanina. Both say this beautiful Gemara. And all of these of our forefathers. I'm sorry. All the days of our forefathers. Lo Parsha Yeshiva Mehem. There was always a Yeshiva. Now both say, here the Gemara is using this. In, in, in a very literal sense as well, that there was always a yeshiva, there was always a house of study by our forefathers. The Mitzrayim yeshiva, when we were in Egypt, there was a yeshiva. Shneemar, lech v'yasavte ziknei Yisrael. So we'll say, again, the fact that there is ziknei Yisrael, zakin, remember the Gemara is using the word zakin, ultimately again to refer to zesha kanachachma. What it means, therefore, that there was zakinim, there was yeshiva, which means there was a fixed pursuit of spirituality. There were individuals who were focused on acquiring a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, acquiring personalistic growth in a fixed kavua manner. Asei Torascha Kevar. Both say, it, it's not a chiddish. It's anything you want to be successful in life, you have to make a kavias in it. Right? Again, if you want to be a star basketball player and you practice for seven minutes one day, two and a half hours a different day, 22 minutes a different day, it's not going to work. There has to be a kvius. So ruchnius is no different. Ruchnius is no different than anything else in life. You want to be a good doctor, you want to be a good lawyer, you want to be a good accountant, there needs to be a kvius. So that's what it means. Wherever we went, there was a yeshiva. Wherever we went, there were individuals who were dedicated and made a kvius, made a fixed practice of working on their relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, spiritual development. When we were in Egypt, there was Ziknei. When we were in the Midbar, again, the Torah says, Go ahead and, Moshe says, Go ahead and assemble for me 70 men from amongst the Ziknei Yisrael. Aram Avinu was a Zakin sitting in Yeshiva. So once again, the Torah doesn't need to tell us that people become old. We all become old. We know that. I mean, how we should be zochemerzin to become old? But rather, when the Torah goes out and discusses a zakin, it's zeshekana chachma. And how do you have a zeshekana chachma? Yoshev biyeshiva. If you make the pursuit of ruchnius a fixed practice in your life, Yitzchak Avinu zakin biyoshev biyeshiva. Yitzchak. I will say by the way, that's how you know that. That's what yeshiva means. Yeshiva can't mean uh, like what we think of a yeshiva, like a base medrash. Because who's in the base medrash of Arma Avinu? Who's there? Avram, maybe Shane Be'ever, maybe Eliezer. It's not much of a chavra. I mean, they're wonderful chavra, don't get me wrong. I'm saying, but you know, it, it's not much of a, as they say, it's not much of a matzov, right? As they like to say. So uh, again, so the yeshiva in this context means the pursuit of ruchnius as a fixed practice. Yitzchak avinu as yeshiva, shneemar vayiki zakin yitzchak. Yaakov avinu zakin yoshiv yeshiva ha-yishneemar ve'ine yisak kavdu mizoken. Eliezer Eved Avram Zakin Yosheb 
ruled over everything that belonged to his master. Remember again, this is especially true before the birth of Yitzchak. Eliezer was in charge. He, Eliezer was the one who ruled over the Ruchnius, so to speak, of Avram. He was the one who doled out the Torah of his master, who Damasek Eliezer, Amr Belazar, Shedola Umashko Mitorasa Sharabulach. This is beautiful. Eliezer was the Chassid of Avram Avinu. And what did the Chassid do? He took the Torah of his rabbi, took the Torah of Avram Avinu, and he went ahead and he shared it with others. That's what it means. Dola Amashko. He would draw it out and go ahead and give it to others. So beautiful. So again, you see what the Gemara is highlighting. It's such a powerful Yusod. If I want to be excellent in my Torah, if I want to be excellent in my Ruchnius, if I want to be a Zakin, a Zeshekana Chachma, it requires yeshiva. I have to sit in yeshiva if I want to be a zakin. Sitting in yeshiva doesn't, I mean, it's nice to sit in a base medrash. That's incredible, especially if a person has that opportunity to surround myself in that atmosphere. Like we, Baruch Hashem, have the schos every single day to be in the base medrash together. But it also means more on, on a personal level to make the pursuit of ruchnias something that is done bikvios, not episodic. Not recreationally, but something that happens in a fixed kavua fashion, day in and day out. But so now the Gemara starts talking about Avram Avinu. It says Avram Rabbos is incredible Gemara, incredible Gemara. Kim Avram Avinu Kalatora Kula. Avram Avinu fulfilled the entire Torah. Shne Emar Ekev Asher Shama Avraham Bikoli. Since right, Avram Avinu went ahead and Ekev. Since Avram Avinu listened to my voice. Amr Lei, Rav Sin, and I will say the idea of your Shema, but since I'm going to listen to Bikoli, my voice, what is Echadish Baruch Hu's voice? The Gemara's understanding that the voice of Avram, that the voice of Echadish Baruch Hu is Kala Torah Kula. So Avram Avinu kept the entire Torah. I will say, I know what you're thinking to yourself, really, he kept the entire Torah, then what? Then what? Why didn't he do bris milah until Hakadosh Baruch Hu commanded him to do so? So there's a whole Torah on that. That Godel Hamitzvah Ba'osa Mishenu Mitzvah Ba'osa. That it is a greater schos to perform a mitzvah which you are commanded for than to perform something you're not commanded for. I will say the logic behind that is people like doing altruistic things, right? So to do something I'm not commanded to do, we are often drawn to that. But to do something you're commanded to do. It sounds interesting. Sometimes that's much more difficult. Ta'am Avinu knew that there was a mitzvah brismila, but he wanted to be commanded first. In any event, the Gemara says over here that Ekev Asher Shama Avraham Bikoli. Since Avram listened to my entire, he listened to my voice. The Gemara understands that to be a reference to Kala Torah Kula. Why do you say that that refers to Kala Torah Kula? Maybe it just refers to Shem Mitzos Beninach, right? How do you know first which the Gemara says? So, but one second, but this brismila, when Avram Avinu did brismila, and brismila is not part of Shev Mitzvah's B'nei Noach, Ay, Be'ima, Shev Mitzvah's Umila, so fine, maybe Avram Avinu kept Shev Mitzvah's B'nei Noach and brismila. So if that's the case, then why does the Pazak say that Avram Avinu, Hashem says, Avram Avinu kept my Mitzvah's and my Torah, so the Gemara says, Therefore, it teaches us that Since Aram Avinu went ahead and listened to my voice, the Yishmar Mishmarti From there, we learned that Aram Avinu kept the entire Torah. Kept the entire Torah. Now, both say. Now, does it literally mean that Aram Avinu sat in a sukkah? He took lulav and esrug. So again. There are different. There are different ways of understanding this particular gemara. But listen to this; it gets better. Amar Ravi Tim Ravashi came Avram Avinu Afilu 
Erube Tavshilin. Avram Avinu even kept Erev Tavshilin. Erev Tavshilin. Rebbe says, Shene Emar Sorosai, Achas Torah Shebichsav, Ba'achas Torah Shebal Peh. He kept everything about Sinai, not just Torah Shebichsav, but also Torah Shebal Peh. So we'll say, why Erev Tavshilin, right? Uh, right? You, you want to illustrate that Avram Avinu even kept Torah Shebal Peh. So if you look, we'll say once again at the Tosos, he shot him on the right hand column. This is great. This is great. I feel Erev Tavshilin, Lo yada Rebbe, am I nokit hach mitzvah? Am I kila letfei So Tosi Shonim say, I have no idea why the Gemara chose this example. Why did the Gemara choose Eruv Tavshilin more than any other Dindraba? I'll point out to you, there is, there is an alternate version of this Gemara, and this is incredible. This is so exciting. Which is not just Eruv Tavshilin, has it as Eruv Tchumin. Oh, so we'll say, if you hold it as Erev Tchumen, it actually works a little bit better. Why? What does Armavino, because we'll say, what was Armavino's life? What was Armavino's life? It was traveling, right? Remember again, Armavino was Lech Lecha. Lech Lecha, and to a certain degree, there is a little bit of a nomadic experience. Armavino never builds a bias, right? He never builds a home. It is a little bit of a nomadic experience. So Erev Tchumen would make a bit more sense because Armavino's life was about in the Tchum, out of the Tchum, but I will say, but again, but the Pashim Shah and the Gemara of Yerah is Erev Tavshilin. So it could be, the reason the Gemara chooses Erev Tavshilin, I will say, because when you think about like Dine Drabanan, like Erev Tavshilin is such a newer, quote unquote, a newer innovation we have in the Gemara. But even, even up to Erev Tavshilin, so the Gemara is trying to give an example that Armavinu kept Tarshabiksav and Tarshabapeh, even to the smallest details of Erev Tavshilin. I will say, but perhaps, perhaps the Chazal tried to teach us an incredible message here as well. What's unique about Erev Tafshilin? But remember again, what, just for, for five seconds, or maybe in two minutes, what, 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 what does Erev Tafshilin do? Rebos? Remember again, when do you use Erev Tafshilin? When you have Yom Tev going into Shabbos, right? And you remember the halacha is you can't cook on Yom Tev for Shabbos, right? You could prepare on Yom Tev for Yom Tev, but you cannot prepare on Yom Tev to Shabbos or on Yom Tev to another day of Yom Tev, Yom Tev to Chal. So what do you do? You take an Erev Tavshilin. So we'll say, what's the Erev Tavshilin? It's not hocus pocus. So what happens? Suddenly you go ahead and you take a piece of gefilte fish and a matzah and suddenly you could cook on Yom Tev for Shabbos? No. Remember, what does Erev Tavshilin do? Erev, when you take the cooked food and the baked food on Erev Yom Tev, that is the beginning, that is the beginning of a process. That's the beginning of a process. The beginning of a cooking and baking process. When you continue to cook and bake on Yom Tev, that is continued to be a continuation ultimately of what? Of the weekday process you started. So since you started the process on the weekday, you can go ahead and continue it on Yom Tiv as well. And therefore, it's not considered to be a preparation on Yom Tiv for Shabbos. Instead, it's considered to be a continuation of a weekday process on Yom Tiv as well. You started the cooking then, and it's a continuation. So I will say, amazingly enough, what does Erev Tafshilin do? If you think about this in just a moment, Erev Tafshilin is the only mitzvah that links Chol, Yom Tiv, and Shabbos. It links all three states of being. Weekday existence, Yom Tov existence, Shabbos. I will say those are three different things. Right? Remember again, Shabbos is Kiddusha Sumi Atzmo. Shabbos is a self-generated Kiddusha. That, we don't create that Kiddusha. That Kiddusha comes from the Ribbon Shalom. Right? Yom Tov, I will say, is Mekhadi Shisrav Azmanim. We create that Kiddusha. And Chol, what's Chol, I will say? What's Chol? What's Chol? Right? Ah, Chol is whatever you make of it. Right? Chol is whatever you make of it. Chol is the tabla rasa, right? Chol is the blank slate. What was the gadlus of Armavino? 
the Gavos of Arma Binu is that he was able to take the Kedusha of Shabbos, the Kedusha of Yantiv, and he was able to bring it into the Chol as well. But said the Gavos of Arma Binu was that he was able to take the Kedusha, the, the, the innate Kedusha of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the generated Kedusha of Yantiv, and he was able to bring that into the Chol. That's Erev Tafshilin. To be able to take Chol, Yantiv, Shabbos, and bundle them all together into a consecrated existence, that is the pinnacle of human accomplishment. And I will say, it's amazing. It wasn't just Amram Avinu. Remember, let's talk about Sarah for just a moment. Rashi HaKadosh says there were three miracles that happened in the tent of Sarah Imenu. And one of them was, Ner Shabbos Dolekes Me'erev Shabbos, Ne'erev Shabbos. Rabbi Salavichik says, what's the meaning of that miracle? That the Shabbos candles remained lit? That Sarah Imenu was able to take the Kedusha of Shabbos with her into the week. See, I will say, the power of Avram and Sarah, it's easy to have holiness on Shabbos. And it's easy to have holiness on Yantiv. But the pinnacle of human accomplishment is when you could bring holiness into the Chol, when you could bring holiness into a regular weekday. Avram Avinu, sorry, Minu's candles remain lit from Erev Shabbos, Erev Shabbos, which means it wasn't just Shabbos on Shabbos. The Kedusha of Shabbos permeated Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Avram Avinu kept Erev Tavshilin, the ability to take the Kedusha of the Ribbon the Kedusha of oneself, into the weekday. That's the pinnacle of human accomplishment. So maybe, so obviously the Gemara is trying to illustrate that Aramavinu kept Kala Torah Kula, even Eruv Tavshilin. But perhaps it's not an accident that Chazal choose Eruv Tavshilin because it is the only, I think, it's the only mitzvah, you could tell me, you feel free to tell me if I'm wrong. I think it's the only mitzvah that bridges Chol, Shabbos, and Yamtiv into one concurrent stream because the Galos Aramavinu was to bring all of the Kiddusha in the world into Chol as well. Amen. The Gemara goes on. So Master and Shul Omer, I will say, let's do one more line. So we'll say, this is the Sugi of Aramavinu. It brings, brings to a close the Sugi of Aramavinu, which is really quite beautiful. So we'll say, back to the Mishnah now. So Masya ben Shmuel Omer, v'hu Omer Hain. So we'll say, Saman Amar Hain. So we'll say, remember again, if you go back to the Mishnah, so the wording of the Mishnah, the wording of the Mishnah is a little bit, is a little bit strange because it's not quite clear who exactly is saying what in the Mishnah. Remember again, in the Tanakhama's version, the Mamuna, who Rashi identified as the Skan, is telling someone, go up to the rooftop, and see if the dawn has arrived. The guy goes up to the rooftop, one word, one word, dawn, one word, which was what? Brakai. That's it. Okay. So, Machlog is Brakai, Allah Brakai, God, Lina said, Brakai. Masya ben Shmuel comes along and says, no, 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 there was much, it was a much bigger discussion over here. Heir Pene Kala Mizrach Hebron, is the entire horizon light until Hebron, Vu Hain, and he said yes. So now the Gemara says as follows. Now the Gemara says, Man Amar Hain, who said yes? Who said, who, how do we assign the speaking parts over here? Ile Igra, if you want to say it's the guy who's standing on the rooftop, so he says that the dawn has dawned until Hebron, and he also says yes. So the Gemara says, that doesn't make sense. So this is an expression. He had the dream and he also interprets it. In other words, I will say that it wouldn't make sense for the guy who's standing on the roof to say, right, has the dawn dawned until Hebron? And then for him to answer his own question and say yes, right? Does the person who have the dream interpret the dream as well? Another possibility is, so the other possibility is, the one who's standing on the rooftop says, He makes a declarative statement. The entire horizon, the entire eastern horizon has dawned. And the man standing on the ground, who's the man standing on the ground? That's the Skan, the Mamuna. 
The Mamuna says, That's a question. And the guy standing on the roof says, Yes. So, we'll say, so possibility A is that again, the Mamuna, the Skan says to the guy, Go up to the rooftop. Guy goes on the rooftop, makes a declarative statement. The entire eastern horizon is, has, has become light. The individual, the Mamuna standing on the ground says, Until Chevron? It's a question. And the individual on the rooftop says, Yes. The other possibility is, so we'll say, other possibility is, no, it's actually referring to the guy standing on the ground. So watch this. Listen to the second version. In the second version, same thing happens. The Mamuna, the Skan, says to someone, go up to the rooftop, see what's going on. The guy goes up to the rooftop. In the first version, it's the guy, I couldn't say the guy, the coin on the rooftop who begins the dialogue. Right? In the first version, the coin on the rooftop says, Heyer Pnei Kala Mizrach. Then the Mamuna, who's on the ground, says, Ad Hebron, until Hebron. And then the guy on the rooftop says, Hey, that's dialogue number one. Dialogue number two looks a little bit different. Or version number two says as follows. The conversation begins with the Mamuna on the ground. And he says, Heyer Penekala Mizrach, it's a question. So the guy on the ground says to the guy on the rooftop, Tell me, has the entire eastern area, has it become light? And the coin on the rooftop says, Ad Hebron. Until Chevron, it's become light until Chevron. The Amrlei, and then the individual who the coin who's standing on the ground, the Mamuna says, "Hey, good, good." In this context, "Hey" means yes, good. That's why we sent you up there to go ahead and make sure that indeed it has become light ultimately again until Chevron. So we'll say, so just again, the, the, it's it's the same. The, the, the result is the same, right? The result ultimately, again, Masih ben Shmuel is saying it's not just enough for dawn to occur, but rather we need to see the dawn extended all the way until Chevron. Just the machlokas as to which speaking parts are assigned to. Okay, so we'll stop over here. We'll let Miriam and pick up at the two dots tomorrow. Shkoyach. All right, Hebron Zoom. Everyone have a wonderful day.